Hello and welcome to Southside Church Podcast. For information about our church located in Cape Town, South Africa, go and check out our website, southsidechurch.co.za. We trust that the message would inspire you today. I want to ask a question. Do you want to be emotionally healthy? Do you want to be emotionally healthy? Amen. I want to be emotionally healthy. I go to gym because I want to be physically healthy. Praise Jesus. Some of you are like, yes, Lord, just a little bit of that. I mean, you're going, Lord, I've prayed the same prayer day in, day out, and you're not answering. Every time I eat McDonald's, I say, bless this food to my body. Lord, what's going on here? I'm not seeing the breakthrough. Okay, we want to be healthy in many facets of our life, and we all want to be emotionally healthy. But when I ask that question, each of you, of course, says, yes, I want to be emotionally healthy, but also some of you are having a dialogue in your heads about that question because some of you are, are, are not just saying yes, but you're saying, well, um, please, I need help right now with my emotional issues. Some of you are going, yeah, I wanna be emotionally healthy, but this uh, series isn't really for me because I'm not struggling emotionally at the moment. What we must be aware of is that emotional health is not only relevant to those struggling with emotional issues. It is part of who we are as much as our physical bodies are, our emotional beings. Total health depends on a healthy mind uh, as well as a healthy body, and so it's important to take time to nurture both. But here's the interesting thing. Your emotional well-being isn't just connected to your mind and your body it's actually directly connected to your spiritual walk. And the well-known pastor and author of the book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, Peter Scazzaro, explains this when he says it's impossible to be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature. You see, spiritual maturity involves a transformational journey And as Romans 12 verse 2 tells us, transformation begins with renewal of the mind, the very place in which our thoughts and emotions are produced. It's impossible to be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature. We as followers of Jesus and as human beings need to give focus to our emotional health. What we have often done though, as humans, is neglected this inner place of transformation and replaced it with a focus on our external behavior modification. In fact, for many of us, if I was speaking about being Christian, the first thing that comes to mind is how we act. Isn't that right? Have you ever heard someone far from God come up to you and say, I don't do church because it's full of hypocrites? Well, they're basing that on the way they act compared to what they say. In general, if I say being Christian, you and I think first and foremost about the way we act. We think that being Christian is just about going to church, reading the Bible and saying grace before a meal. But Peter Scazzaro, this author and pastor, describes some of his experiences when he becomes very vulnerable in his book. And he says this, describing himself, externally, I appeared kind, gracious, and patient, when inwardly I was nothing like that. 
I so wanted to present a polished image as a good Christian that I cut myself off from what was going on within myself. Pretending was safer than honesty and vulnerability. My then present way of living the Christian life was not transforming the deep places in my life. Praise the Lord, brother and sister, and we keep it there. You know, and it's all behavior modification. I'm a Christian now, so I do this and I do this. It's like, okay, you can carry on doing the behavior modification, but we wanna look at transformation. Peter Cazero continues. He says, when people have authentic spiritual experiences, such as worship, prayer, Bible studies, and fellowship, they mistakenly believe they're doing fine. I'm doing my Christian stuff fine, praise the Lord. Even if their relational life is fractured and the interior world is disordered. The truth is that this series on being emotionally healthy applies to every single one of us as human beings because God's desire for your life is transformation, not behavior modification. And Ephesians chapter 4, 22 to 24 in the message translation describes this truth when it says, since then, we do not have the excuse of ignorance, everything, and I do mean everything connected with that old way of life has to go. It's rotten through and through. Get rid of it. And then take on an entirely new way of life, a God-fashioned life. Listen here. A life renewed from the inside and working itself into your conduct. I'm not saying there aren't things God has called us to do. In fact, recently we heard a sermon from Daniel, one of our young preachers, in which he was speaking about the power of evidence through our lives as followers of Jesus. But what we need to understand is the goal is not what we do. It's who we are becoming that defines what we do. Like it says here, a life renewed from the inside and then working itself into your conduct as God accurately reproduces his character in you. Our lives are renewed from the inside out, starting with renewal of the mind, as Romans 12, 2 says. Be transformed by the renewal of your mind. The word transformed in Greek is metamorphosis. Meta, change, form, morph, form. And so it means a change in form. In common practice, the word transformation is used to describe the change of a chrysalis or a lava into a butterfly. Be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Be changed in form from the inside out. Now, my oldest son spent the whole of yesterday making me a caterpillar. How cool is this? For Jesus. He laid down his life for Jesus and made me a caterpillar on his Saturday. Now, let's pretend this is a real caterpillar because it looks real. This caterpillar has all the potential in the world to become a beautiful butterfly. This caterpillar that's brown and black now, not too attractive, a little strange looking, has the potential of becoming a beautiful butterfly. It has a few options when it comes to the potential which lies ahead of it. 
And one of those is to strive in its own strength to manicure and manufacture wings that it can put on itself. So gets ready to change some behavior. Okay, Lord, open the doors for me. Lord, I just need a few wings and I'm a butterfly. Praise Jesus. So the caterpillar goes and starts like, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name with enough faith. Man, I'm sticking these babies on. I made them myself, eh? in my own strength. I've strived a long time to be right with the Lord, eh? Every week in church, listen to all the new worship from Hillsong and praise the Lord. You get your butterfly wings. And then we walk around as Christians, doing our Christian stuff. How are you doing? Oh, my brother, I'm fine. We try to make something of ourselves externally through behavior modification instead of discovering our worth internally through embracing the process of transformation. This worm is not actually being true to itself because it's still a caterpillar. It's just dressed to look like a butterfly. Author Richard Raw wrote in his book, Immortal Diamond, many believers spend much of their life manicuring and manufacturing a now very Christian false self, while the core self or true self is not touched or revealed at all. This is the proof. It is largely a game of ego pretend, and in the end, it does not work. How many followers of Jesus have lost the legacy of their ministry through doing a good external manicure in aligning themselves with what religion says looks right, while neglecting the inner soul and the process of transformation through intimate relationship with Jesus. You see, this worm to truly transform, or for this worm to truly transform, involves a far messier and more unattractive process than attempting to manicure wings or manufacture wings for itself. An article on butterflies said this. It said, the caterpillar's metamorphosis from a three-clinging, tree-clinging, 12-legged pest into the majestic flying butterfly is a frequent metaphor for total transformations. It goes on. It's truly a fantastic mechanism developed by nature. Yet while it may seem fantastic from the outside, This transformation looks pretty gruesome deep inside the chrysalis. The transformational life is not a set of simple, clean Christian methods to getting your desired outcomes. The journey of a transformational life is embracing one of brokenness toward God's blessing, finding the masterpiece in the messy moments of our human experience and seeing the divine in mundane rhythms of everyday life. The transformational life involves leaning into the discomfort of things we may prefer to keep behind closed doors. Praise the Lord that way. (laughs) Not that way. 
We, we all have that one door at home. The stuff everything in out of sight door. The throw it all in there because the guests are coming and we didn't expect them door. Some of us actually have a room. It's not even a cupboard door. Call the stuff everything in and don't let anyone see door. And then people come to the house and they're like, oh, this is such a lovely home. Can I look through it? Dun, dun, dun. Now you're like, yes, totally, go for it. Ben, get to the door now. You know, and so he like runs across and it's like, they're like, praise the Lord, yes, it's a lovely inside there. Ah, there's nothing in here. Let's go down there. So there's something you're wanting to hide. There's something you don't want to see. There's something you don't want them to see. There's a little bit of mess behind this door in my life. And, and that one we're going to leave because, because all I'm trying to do is, is, is strive as much as I can to be a good Christian and put my wings on and, and you, know, you know, be transformed for Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's put on some, some worship right now. But don't go behind this door because that's the one where things get messy. And I, I prefer to avoid the mess. We will often close doors in our internal selves to avoid things we don't want to feel or face. See, sometimes the mess which is required for a life of transformation is something we prefer to keep behind closed doors. When I was younger, I had a fear of the dentist. Now one of our elders is an orthodontist, so he's probably laughing. Uh, great fear of the dentist. When I first met this elder and I heard he was a dentist, suddenly he rose up. And I was like, hello, dentist, doctor, man, because I'm just scared of the dentist. When I was younger, it was really bad. I didn't want to enter the door to the dentist's room. I remember my mom taking me. Do you know what the worst thing is if you're afraid of the dentist? Before you even get to the door, you hear, you can hear it through the door. So I would stand at the door hearing the drill inside the dentist's office, which would give me chills. I would have preferred to keep the door closed. I would have preferred to turn around and avoid entering the door to the dentist because of my fear and my feelings. This door stays closed. We don't go there. You can go in all other rooms, but not that door. We're not gonna go there. Doors offer protection from unwanted elements and ensure a certain amount of safety and privacy. Doors provide accommodating passageways to where we want to go, but sometimes doors are also providing passageways to the places God wants us to go. And our God is a God of doorways. Throughout scripture, we see the reference to doorways when it comes to God. In fact, Jesus speaks of himself as the doorway. In Revelation 3 verse 8, God says, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. In the Old Testament book of Hosea chapter 2 15, the prophet speaks as the voice of God saying, I will give her back her vineyards, that's the Israelites, and will make the valley of Achor a door of hope. Now the New Living Translation explains what Achor means. It means valley of trouble. In other words, God says in Hosea chapter 2, 15, I will make, I will make a doorway of hope in the passageway of, a, of what looks like a valley of trouble. God can make what we see as passages of trouble and mess, don't go into this, he can make them into doorways of hope. Very often, what we're avoiding is the very door God wants us to walk through. The passageway of transformation 
may seem to be one of trouble because it's messy, but it's actually a doorway of hope. The process of metamorphosis may be messy, but it leads to a miracle of new life. The butterfly, what is required is the courage for us to enter these doorways in our personal lives. Uh, I don't know. It's messy. I'm gonna leave it like that for now. We often speak about God opening doors based on our desires. Lord, I ask you, will open the door in Jesus' name, and God will. We often speak about God opening doors based on our desires, but sometimes God invites us to step into doorways that we would prefer to avoid. We're not only praying for open doors, we're sometimes being invited. We don't always like the invitation to the doors God wants us to open. And in the Old Testament book of Jeremiah 17, nine to 10, the author records the kind of doors God opens up when he seeks to lead us in the transformational life. It says, I, God, search the heart and examine the mind. Why? Because we're transformed through the renewal of the mind. I get to the heart of the human. I get to the root of things. I treat them as they actually are, not as they pretend to be. Sometimes we ask God to open doors that will provide us with butterflies' wings. When in fact, God is inviting us into the doorways that will allow us to become the butterfly. Jesus says in Revelations 3 verse 20, here I am. I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Now, the immediate context for this scripture is actually God speaking to a group of self-deluded congregants. But the timeless kingdom principle applies to us as we navigate a transformational life. And author Joyce Rupp explains, she says, while the way Christ knocks at our heart's door might vary, the knock carries a central message. Open up. Let me enter your life. Each part of it. Okay, Lord, but not that door. <laughs> Each part of it. I will guide you to what benefits your growth. 21 years ago, 17-year-old boy stood at a doorway of dread a doorway that made him feel unworthy, alienated, and guilty. Little did he know that as he reluctantly entered that large doorway, 
It would symbolize the spiritual entrance into a life beyond all he could ask or imagine. On that day, as he entered the physical doorway of discomfort, he would end up meeting Jesus and having the trajectory of his life redirected to a life of eternal significance in his human experience. Had he not courageously walked through that door, a life of legacy, resilience, family, and ministry may have been lost. Had he not walked through that doorway, the young man who had grown up with anger issues in need of psychiatric help and struggling with ADD may have never lived beyond his personal limitations. That doorway led him to meeting his wife, building a family, pressing into growth, and discovering his God-given call and gift. Had he rejected entering that doorway of discomfort, the very words of life now being spoken in space and time would not exist because that young man was me. A confused boy walking into the doors of this very church building 21 years ago. Where I would meet the very Jesus who invites each of us today to walk into the inner doors of our personal lives, which we have been avoiding. I'm talking about a practical doorway, but the power of courageous steps into places which we would rather avoid. And I ask you the question, what testimony might you tell if you courageously enter the doorways in your heart which you've been avoiding? Oh, Grant, you know what? This whole emotional thing's cool, but just don't go here. Yeah, Lord, you can do all the rest, but not this door. This, this just, you know, you don't want to see what's behind here. Whew. What testimony might you tell? What story may there be to be written if you were courageous enough to enter some of the doorways in your heart which you've been avoiding? Dr. Nicole Lepera recently joined Christian psychologist Dr. Caroline Leaf for an interview in which she said these words, healing is a daily event. You can't go somewhere to be healed. You must go inward to be healed. Small and consistent choices are the path to deep transformation. Okay, it's just one door I don't want to go, but I'm going to take the first step and hold the door handle. Oh, that's a big one for me. Okay, the next step is consistent steps. I, I'm, I'm going to be courageous. I, I don't want to deal with this childhood thing. I, no, don't go there. I feel too guilty about what I did, and I, I can't go back to that. I, I, it's done with. I'm not. Small, consistent steps to the pathway. We open the doors we've been trying to avoid because there's a testimony of healing God wants to give us, the story of a transformational life. And so will you choose to courageously step into the doorways you've been avoiding as part of the journey of transformation and emotional health? Because over the next five weeks, you're going to be invited by Jesus to open the doorways of things like acknowledging toxic relationships. Uh-uh, keep that one, please. No, we're fine. No, he didn't mean to do that to me. I still love him. Someone right here is freaking out because I said that. Uh-uh, don't say that. I'm not coming back for the rest. Jesus is going to invite you to open doorways of drawing boundaries with certain people in your life. 
No, but they, they'll take it the wrong way. Jesus is going to invite you to open the doors of toxic thoughts and acknowledge things you've been thinking that you haven't been thinking about. And will you be courageous enough to walk through and embrace the messy process of transformation so that we can stop trying to stick wings of good deeds on ourselves with mere human behavior modification? You see, if we don't choose Jesus' invitation to go on the journey of transformation, we will settle for being conformed to something other than Christ. Here I am. I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. If you wanna be emotionally healthy, it starts with a willingness to courageously go into parts of yourself and your personal life that you may prefer to avoid. So I wanna pray for us this morning. And I wanna encourage you to hear the knock of Jesus, the doors of your heart which you've tried to keep closed because God wants to heal what we so often hide. So where you are with me, would you close your eyes? With us online, would you close your eyes? Father God, we hear your words. And I have the sense, Jesus, that these words are almost echoing right back to each of us personally right now. With our eyes closed, Jesus would say to us, here I am. I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in, child. I will commune with you. And I will eat with you. And I will prepare a table for you in the presence of those things you've assumed were your enemies. Lord, right now we come before you. We ask that you would give us the courage to embrace the journey of a transformed life, that you would lift the burden and the weight of trying to be someone other than who we are by pretending. Father, I thank you that you see the real us behind the things we manicure and manufacture and that you take those parts of us that aren't attractive, don't have it all together, and as we embrace your invitation, you lead us into transformation. Here we are, my God. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you give us courage to walk through the doorways that we've been denied.